We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Well, good morning and a happy Saturday to everyone. I am Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, uh, and I'm nowhere. <laughs> I'm just wherever you might find me. I'm retired, fancy, <laughs> loose, whatever. He's a rambling man. I'm a rambling man. A rambling preacher. Yeah, but you, but you have been preaching, you were sharing with me off the air, at different places, right? Yeah, we preached at Freeburg. We preached down at Trinity Prairie. We preached out in Pinckneyville and Conant. Have you ever been to Conant? I a, can't say that I have, uh, Put that on your bucket list. It's beautiful this time of year, see, I'm sure. Yeah, it's beautiful, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, and, pretty and much. The truth is, it's not beautiful in St. Louis. It's cold. It's snowy. <laughs> it's dreary. Yeah. Well, right now as we record, it's snow covered, but it's just yeah. the right kind of snow. I think. I mean, it's it's nice to look. Yeah. Nice, but the the streets aren't too bad. So. <laughs> yeah. So. But you're right. It is kind of cold and dreary. So. It's the end of February. So let's be honest about it. Let's be transparent. No, beautiful is probably it will be. I'm not denying that. As soon as Ted Drew is open, there'll be a wonder and a joy. Are they open? They are open. So, oh, okay. yeah, I, uh, I got my uh, Ted Drew's fix, my uh, Hot Fudge Sunday, my Jumbo Hot Fudge Sunday. They are open. So I got oh. that the Hot Fudge Sunday the day they close and the day they open. So <laughs> all is right with the world. <laughs> and I might be looking at the world through rose-colored glasses today, John, because today yes. is a special day it of my life. Special. Yes. Uh, Saturday, February the 29th, 2020. I finally get a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a leap year baby. So. Four years in the making. And this year's a big year for me, John. I am in really? the double digits. I Is am the right? big one zero. So, uh, yes. Uh, but I am for always young blood with a birthday once every four we're years. You're going to have to change your nickname, though, if you keep doing this. <laughs> Middle aged blood. <No. laughs> Middle aged <No>. blood. <laughs> But I, I also wanted to bring up um, yes. a, a, a card that I received last year um, from one of our listeners. I saved it. I've got Did it you? here. Okay. Yeah, it's postmarked uh, uh, March the 29th, 2019. And, um, and, and as hard as it, people do listen to us. Well, that's I, the thing. That's yeah, shock. yeah. You know, we, yeah. we recorded this little box by ourselves, and you wonder, is anyone out there? And and God in his grace raises up people that say hi every once in a while while you're out preaching in southern Illinois yeah. or uh, send a card in the mail. And, and boy, we sure appreciate that. And uh, just thanks for uh, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. But this is a, a card specifically for uh, my birthday because uh, this is from uh, Ruth Shuri. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing her name. Uh, but Ruth is a member. At I'm a... sure she's ashamed and embarrassed now. People, you sorry, listen Ruth. to wrestling with basics? <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. But Ruth is a a member of a neighboring congregation, Epiphany Lutheran. That's just down the road from us. But Ruth and I share a birthday. So she's another leap year baby. baby. So that's pretty neat. So Ruth, thanks so much for the card. And uh, thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO 
uh, we sure appreciate it. And uh, yeah, again, happy birthday and God's blessings to you as you you celebrate. It's a big day when it's only once every four years. Well, as long as we're throwing out birthday greetings to leap year babies, uh, you remember Mabel? No, oh, I sure do. Yeah, yeah this, another. This is her hundredth birthday. Oh today. my goodness! Isn't that incredible. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. happy birthday, Mabel, yep. if you're listening and. God's blessings to you, too. I remember uh, I was a vicar in New Athens with uh, Pastor John Lukomsky, yeah. and uh, I remember visiting Mabel at her home a number of times, and uh, yeah, yeah, another leap year baby. Yeah, think about how many years ago that was, and, and she's still kicking. She's still kicking. So. Yeah, yeah. And as long as we're giving shout But she's 25 this year, yeah. is that right? <laughs> That's right. She'd be 25. <laughs> we, we should also, I want to say thank you to Jan from Germany. And, and every, every birthday, my birthday was February 18th, by the way, so I'm a little older than you are a couple weeks and uh, he always he always sends me something wishing me birthday greetings and he sent me a link to the gospel according to bacon <laughs> so thank you for that link Jan and everyone else out there yeah just google it the, the gospel, gospel according to bacon, bacon. <laughs> yeah. there's no gospel according to kale out there is there <laughs> no John? there isn't and, and that should tell you something right <laughs> that's right that's right yeah no no see that's that's the point with the article is that you know in the old testament you couldn't eat bacon but now thanks to Jesus Christ, we can. You, we can. <laughs> you so, can always eat kale. It really didn't matter. That's right. But now, thanks to Jesus, thanks to Jesus, you can eat bacon. Yeah. So, all right. What did you want to talk about? <laughs> serious though. All right. Well, serious stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, let, let's play our little uh, soundbite yeah. here. Um, all right. Now, there's no time for foolishness. Very good. So we're going to move on to. Uh, we're going to start in the Book of Hebrews. Okay. Now, if you read the Book of Hebrews which is a book that was meant for um, Jewish Christians, you're going to find yourself going back to the Old Testament time and time again. So that's what we want to do today. And the, the reason I want to look at this particular section of the book of Hebrews is we're doing this in Bible study oh, over okay. at Ascension. And people are really wrestling with uh, who is this Melchizedek? God. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we did some digging in the Old Testament, the book of <laughs> well, Genesis in particular. Out. Time out. Time yeah. Out. Yeah. So does someone actually come up to you in your Bible study and say, who's this Melchizedek guy? I've got this burning question. I'm losing <laughs> sleep at night, Pastor. Who is Melchizedek? No. No. <laughs> no I, you brought it up, didn't you? I did. Okay. I did. But, but uh, there was an interest there. <laughs> Sure. So I'm hoping that there would also be an interest among our listeners, and they're not just turning the dial right now, but we'll see. Um, because he, in the book of Hebrews, this Melchizedek figure is mentioned quite a few times. Yes, he is. Uh, but we want to look at today in the book of Hebrews, the first time that he's mentioned in the book of Hebrews, uh, but yet we will find out that this is not the first time he's mentioned in the scriptures. Um, certainly not. So we want to go back to the Old Testament and check some of that out. So what would you like me to start with? Here, well, let's uh, let's start with uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 5, all right? And what the writer of Hebrews has been doing is uh, making a comparison uh, with from Jesus to the high priest. Okay. Uh, which is, boy, we could spend a whole yeah. episode just on that. Um, just the ways in which the high priest... Well, who is the high priest, John? Who? What? What is the high priest, and and you know what was what was his job? Where did he come from? Stuff like that. Well, apparently they would be smoking a lot of marijuana and stuff, and that would. <laughs> oh no, not that high priest. I'm sorry, John. John. Oh my god, I'm confused. <laughs> no, he was like the. Don't the you know head... sarcasm when you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like the head honcho of the temple worship, uh, and. and... <laughs> Well, that's the truth, isn't it? Am I saying something that's not true? 
Uh, See, you're retired, <laughs> and you just don't care anymore, do you, John? I don't care anymore. Faster John can do whatever sorry. he wants now. All right. But but the, but that, the chief thing about the high priest yes. was that he uh, was the one who would go in on the Day of Atonement and make the big the big sacrifice, the, big the propitiation. Yeah. He's the only one that could do it. Uh, he was the only one allowed to go in the Holy and Holies, uh, put the blood of the Lamb there on the ark. So, but but again, he was kind of the head of all the worship and celebration yeah. that was going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of culminating like it's on the Day of Atonement. So the high priest from a, a certain tribe, right? From yeah. the tribe of Levi. And uh, had certain qualifications appointed by God. And yeah, would, would serve on and serve on behalf of the people, but also represent God to the people. And then also would make these sacrifices on behalf of the people, but also on behalf of well, himself, yes, too. Yes, of course, right? because he was a sinner like everybody yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. So so what the writer of Hebrews has been doing is comparing Jesus to that high priest. And now it kind of kind of starts to come to this culmination where Jesus is compared to this, this, this unique priest, uh, a guy by the name of Melchizedek. Okay. All right. So let's start with uh, um, chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, just what you said there, Matt, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness, okay? Because he is obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. So, I mean, the good thing is he understands what it's like. Because he's a human, but it also means he's got to make sacrifices for himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. All, All right. right, very good. So that makes sense. That does. Yeah, and yeah. we see some parallels there with Jesus. You know, takes on our flesh, familiar with our with our struggles, but yet the difference is he doesn't have to sacrifice for himself. No, no the sacrifice he makes on the cross is entirely for for us, for the world. Yeah. Uh, he's sinless. And he's doing it for us. Okay, and now we get this more more specific comparison again with Melchizedek, if you want to keep going. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. He says also in another place, You are a priest forever. Here it comes. After the order of Melchizedek. And the order of Melchizedek. Right. So uh, two different psalms are quoted here. Um, so that first one, you are my son, to the day I have begotten you. Uh, so that psalm, talking about well, David initially, but also now even that greater son of David, Jesus Christ, okay, appointed by the Father as high priest. But then we have the second psalm that's quoted, and, and it's it's that, that line, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Okay, Interesting. So a quote there from uh, the Psalms. So Psalm 110, I believe it is. Uh-huh. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. 110 inter- verse 4, by yeah, the way. So, <laughs> John, you are on top of things. Uh, so so that's interesting that, that, first of all, the Psalms are talking about Melchizedek. Yeah, yeah. So he's already someone who is worth noting in the Psalms, and that's because he shows up even earlier than that. So Melchizedek shows up all the way in the very first book of the Bible, in just chapter 14 of the Bible, Genesis 14. All right. So let's let's go to Genesis 14, and let's uh, try to get some more insight into who this Melchizedek is and, and on why in the world <laughs> would the writer of Hebrews be comparing Jesus to him? Can okay? I ask you a question before we yeah. do that? Uh, so in Psalm, what was it, 110 verse 4? Yes. 
Is is that referring to David there, or what does that? Do you have any idea? Did you did you look at that or? Yeah. So so Psalm one ten verse four. Um, you know, ultimately, again, it's it's pointing to to Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. right? Um, I mean, it, that's our hang up as Lutherans. We think everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and in general, it's a pretty good. Well, bet, that's what right? Jesus said, didn't he? he? Says you you search the scriptures, and they're which write about me. So uh, we got Jesus going with us on that deal. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, but that is interesting because, yeah, Psalm 110 is a psalm of David. Okay. Um, and the Lord says, my Lord, sit in my right hand. I'll make your enemies a footstool. So, yeah. Ooh, so, so That's so, another classic passage yeah, exactly. that Peter quotes on yeah, Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, David, but ultimately, again, yeah. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But, but again, the thing I find most interesting is that Melchizedek is worth David mentioning. So yeah. David knows who Melchizedek is. David knows what happens back in Genesis 14, and he's worth including in this psalm, which is pretty interesting, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the, Melchizedek, a priest, but then we'll find out he's also something in addition to oh, a priest yes, as well. Yes. All right. So where do you want me to go in, in uh, Genesis 14? Genesis 14. Let's begin verse 8. Okay. So what we're going to have here, we're going to try to keep everything straight. Yeah, we're going to get to listen to kings We're going to get to listen to John pronounce some wacky oh, names you. of kings. Thank you. And then uh, we're going to try to keep our character straight and uh, see how Melchizedek plays into all this. Okay. Are you sure you want to start at verse 8? Oh, yeah. We want to oh, start okay. at verse 8, John. <laughs> then the king of Sodom... The king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim. <laughs> That's how they pronounce it. It was Zeboim. Uh, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out. And they joined battle in the valley of Sidim with Cherdolomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of Golem, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariak, king of Elazar. Four kings against five. Now the did you is this really relevant to anything we're saying? Oh yeah, super relevant, John. This is not just to 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 torment, embarrass me, Pastor John. No. Now the valley of Siddim was full of bitumen pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom and his possessions, and went their way. Okay, so we read this, it's like, who cares? Yes, okay, exactly. it's four against five. It's these, these kings of these these probably pretty small cities, and, and, and you know. And do we need to know they fell into the bitumen pits? Do we need to know do they fell into So there's these tar pits that they're yeah. falling into, and it sounds like some of those take people over, you know, almost as much as the fighting. Yeah. Um, so all these details. Uh, so the king of Sodom and is, is on one side. We've got kings against them on the other side. The king of Sodom loses. Who cares? Well, here's why we care. Okay. Because they also took Lot. Yes. And and who's Lot? The son of Abram's brother. So it's it's Abraham's nephew. Okay. They take him. So that's what's key here is that they are taken. Lot is taken captive because he was living at the time in the city of Sodom, Sodom. and Gomorrah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So what what what's Abram going to do about that? So let's uh, continue All with right. verse thirteen. The one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and Anor, and they were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. 
and he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions and the women and the people. Oh, okay, again, we'll stop. But yeah. this, there's no mention of Melchizedek. Okay, we're getting there, John. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> no, it's all right. Trying but, to keep me in suspense. I know. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, so, uh, so Abram, and he's called a, Abram the what? Uh, the Hebrew. The Hebrew. First time that word's used. Is that right? To describe someone. Yep, yeah. Yep. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, so. we just read from the book of the Hebrews. Hebrews. Oh, very good. See, okay. we're coming full circle yep, here. Yep, here we go. Yep. So, uh, what is a Hebrew, by the way? So the the you know a descendant of it seems like that that okay. name means a descendant of Eber is a, another guy yep. in the Old Testament. So uh, that's what it seems. And and later the Hebrew is a term that's used to describe the Israelites by non-Israelites. Ah, so, okay. for instance, Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel, he's in Babylon. And so uh, the king of Babylon, you know, he refers to Daniel as the Hebrew. Ah, so cool. it's, it, it's, it's, it's a term that's used mainly then by non-Israelites to describe an Israelite. They're called a, a Hebrew. So the Moses Israel, was the, a Hebrew in Egypt. So what would the Israelites have called themselves then? Right, Israelites. Israelites? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but the foreigners call it, which we do too. You know, we have names for different people of different nations. And yeah. Oh my goodness. And probably you know, it, shouldn't, but it, we do. Yeah, and it gets yeah. so confusing today because now we have an Israeli today. An Israeli is yeah. not an Israelite. No. An Israeli is someone who lives in the nation of Israel, Israel yeah. today. Could you know. be could be a Hebrew or not, too, right? I yes. mean, they, they may be yeah. people that believe in the Old Testament, but they may not. Maybe they just because of their nationality. Yeah, yeah. and then you you have Jewish is another yeah. word that we yeah. use today, too. So it just gets more and more confusing. But it's it's important to, to have those distinctions so that we know who we're talking about right. here. And, and in this case, in the Bible, typically Hebrew is referring to, and again, an Israelite, but an Israelite who's being referred to by an, an outsider, a non-Israelite. Okay, I know I'm taking you off track here, but just, you know, the inquiring minds want to know. Okay, yeah. So yeah. There really isn't even an Israelite nation at this point, right, Matt? That's right. Yeah, so that's why you'd call him a Hebrew, because you're talking about the, the, his ancestor. But at this point, we don't even have them as a, a, a nationality. Well, see, that's what's interesting. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So they're not even Israels yet. Is you know they're, they're not Israelites yet. Yeah. You know, uh, this is Abraham. He's gonna have Isaac, and then Jacob's gonna come, yeah. right? And God hasn't set up any kind of uh-huh. uh, priestly. Yeah, hierarchy or order we don't of things. Even have that. That's yeah, right. because there are no Levites. At exactly, this point. exactly. So, as we said before, the high priest would come from the tribe of Levi. Levi's not even born yet. There yeah. is no tribe of Levi. So, what in the world is this Melchizedek guy doing as a priest? Right. Okay, right. so we're we're getting there. See, so so yeah, so so. Abram sends his 318, isn't that interesting? Yeah, so specific, 318 guys. And on the one hand, uh, we're like, wow, that's a lot of guys, you know, these trained men, uh, and and Abram was, was wealthy. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, it's it's only 318 guys going against all these kings? Well, regardless, you know, God, obviously, the one behind all this, gives Abram the victory. And what's important is he brings back the possessions, but more importantly, he brings back his kinsman, Lot. So Lot is is free. Abraham rescues him. All right, so now in these verses that follow, we finally get to hear about Melchizedek. So, John, verse 17. It's about time. After his return from the defeat of Cheddar Leomer, yeah, Cheddar Leomer. Is that where you get cheddar cheese? Oh, that's another thing. And the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him at the valley of Shava. That is the king's valley. 
And Melchizedek. Here we go. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. You want me to keep reading? One last part. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Yeah, let's just stop there. Okay. So this is really really all we hear about Melchizedek. Okay. Uh, So it's just a few verses, right? So here in this valley, we have, at the very least, we have the king of Sodom, it seems. We also have, in addition to him, uh, Abram, and in addition to him, we have Melchizedek. All right, Melchizedek. Who is the king of Salem. Who's the king of Salem. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So Salem means peace. Peace. So he's the king of the city that that means peace. So it comes from Shalom then? Yeah. So And then the name Melchizedek, as long as we're talking about names, means king of righteousness king oh, of righteousness okay. Sadiq. yeah yeah so okay. one of the things that makes melchizedek unique is is what what is he who is he he's he's a priest right but he's also something else there a in king. verse 18 a, a king. king yeah so that's interesting so not only is he priest but he's also king so interesting we think of jesus offices right as yes. we call them Jesus is priest and king and also prophet. Prophet. So we think of that. This guy's more than a priest, but also king. So that makes him unique. Um, And then we have this uh, Abram gives to Melchizedek a tenth of everything. So like a tithe of everything. And and who is greater, the one who is giving that tithe or the one who's receiving it? The one who who receives it. The one who receives it, right? right? So in our own giving and offering, yeah, we give in our offering, but God receives it. He's the greater one. So Melchizedek seems to be greater than Abram, right? Um, So who is Melchizedek here? Um, He's a priest who worships and is blessing God most high. Yes, yeah. So he seems to be a believer in Yahweh, a believer in the Lord, right? He's not some pagan priest, a believer in the Lord. Um, yeah, the most high thing there is the the qualifier. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 And yet he's not you know, from the tribe of Levi because there's no tribe of Levi yet. And he just kind of appears on the scene really out of nowhere. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Um, so some of the early church... Fathers and Martin Luther as well. They had sort of a, a some speculation, a theory about who Melchizedek might be. Do you know who Luther thought Melchizedek do you, do you might be? Do you think they they thought he might be Jesus showing up? Okay, so you know, kind of this pre-incarnate Jesus yeah, showing yeah. up, um, perhaps. But that, that's but Luther also had another idea. Oh, I don't know what it is. Then. Um, thought he was perhaps Shem. Oh, you know what? Now that you said it, yes. Do you remember, I remember that? that? Okay. Because Shem was the, 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 the one good, faithful son of, of Noah. Of Noah, yeah. Yes. So yeah. as we as we look back in the Old Testament, we see that Shem is one of Noah's three sons. He's on the ark, right? Yeah. And then after the ark, he lives for another 500 yeah. years. Yeah. The Bible tells us that. Yeah. So this is within their range, it looks like, of those 500 years that this takes place. So perhaps it's Shem, which that's kind of a cool thing yeah. to think about that, you know, they, Abram would have probably known him, you know, he's an old guy, he's been around forever, yeah. you know, so many people are descended from him and maybe they have this respect for him already. And so as he comes out as king and priest, you know, they give this tithe to him. It's kind of interesting. Um, anyway, some things to think about. So why would the writer of Hebrews then compare Jesus to Melchizedek? 
How's he the same and how's he different than Melchizedek? Well, of course, you've got the whole thing about Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yep. That'd be one. And you've also got the thing, of course, that he is he is the uh, the priest. The high, Jesus is the ultimate high priest. That, of course, was the point of the Hebrews book. Yep. So what else, Matt? Yeah, no, yeah, king and, and uh, also priest. And then the, Jesus is even greater because he's a priest forever, right, ah, in the order yes. of Melchizedek. So Melchizedek, he's a man. He's going to die. Yeah. But Jesus, no, he's priest forever. And in heaven, you know, we don't need pastors like you and me anymore. No. But we have something greater. We have that high priest, Jesus Christ. Very good. All right, so there's some insights into Melchizedek. Very good. Thank yeah, you. Right. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening about Melchizedek. We'll see you next week on Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics.